here our simple chalice flame. It's a symbol of our worldwide progressive religious faith and it's both an ancient and a relatively modern symbol. Some of you will know that in the Second World War this was a symbol, a chalice flame. It was used by the Unitarian Services Committee working with refugees who were trying to escape from Europe. It brought a message of welcome and support to all people, whoever they were, wherever they'd come from, and whatever their faith. This morning, it's shining out a welcome to all of you, all of us gathered here on Zoom uh, for Kensington Unitarian's annual Remembrance Sunday service. And may this living flame, may it burn brightly, and may it commemorate all those people whose lives have been taken or blighted by warfare the world over, not least of whom are the civilians. So today, as we traditionally honour those who fight and are wounded or killed in wars, let's also remember the old, the young, and all those who are caught up in warfare, not as participants, but as shocked, and frightened bystanders. May this our flame shine out and uh, help us remember and reflect. So a warm welcome goes out too to anyone watching this video at a later date um, or reading this script. And I hope that its message, blessed are the peacemakers. I hope that message helps us all to explore the the potential seeds of warlike attitudes that lie within so many of us. As always here on Zoom, please just join in at a level that feels right for you. Um, it's great to see your faces and have this sense of togetherness, but equally it's sometimes more peaceful to turn off your camera and rest back. So do what fear, whatever feels right for you this morning. And let's just take a moment to think of all the issues that have been, let's think of the issues that have been mentioned today and take those into our time of prayer and reflection, which is marking the start of Interfaith Week here in England. And it begins with some words from Joyce Rupp. 
So you might like to take a moment to align yourself with, let's align ourselves with that which is greater than our small self. We might call that the God of our hearts, our understanding, or the spirit of life and love dwelling within all that exists in this life of form. Peace bringer, come to all hearts at war. Move them to lay down their weapons, to cast aside bitterness and resentment. Bring your peace to hard-hearted ones. Lessen the grip of those who desire revenge. May your peace release whatever binds and free all those held captive by hostility. And as we in Britain mark the start of Interfaith Week, let us dedicate ourselves this day to the shared tasks of our society, the making of connections between different groups, healing divisions, working harmoniously together to resolve social issues born of poverty, ignorance and injustice. As Unitarians, we can celebrate all that connects our world faiths, those fundamental shared values, uniting all people of goodwill. And we can celebrate the distinctive features of each faith and be enriched by their unique qualities. And we can work tirelessly and with respectful curiosity to increase opportunities for dialogue and to deepen understanding. So I invite each of us now, if we so wish, to take a moment to think of any groups or individuals who we find difficult to accept. What can we do to remain open-hearted towards those who are different from us? Let's take a moment now, if we so choose, to think of individuals or groups for whom we are concerned. Be they people close to us or people whose lives we hear through the news. Is there some action, however small, that we could take this very day to ease the suffering of others? And if not, how best might we remain open-hearted and loving witnesses to the struggles of others?
on this Remembrance Sunday as we honour all those affected by warfare. May we both as individuals and as a community commit ourselves to the task of living our lives for the peace and well-being of our society, our wider global community and this precious planet that is our home. Oh, may our lives express our faith and our values this day and all days. And to this aspiration, let us say that ancient word, Amen. So may it be. So let's um, take those thoughts and prayers now into our first hymn, which is, um, it's a recording of our congregation back in 2016, singing Peace Like a River. There are, there are six verses to this um, hymn. They're going to appear on our screens soon. And they, they express something, I think, of the multiplicity of human experience flowing onwards. So feel free to join in or simply listen. The words will be on our screens and we'll do our best to make sure that we're all muted. But you might like to check that before you sing lustily.
Good morning. I've got two short readings now. The first is by John Philip Newell from his book, Praying with the Earth, a prayer book for peace. You'll perhaps recognize that these words are a reworking of the Beatitudes found in Matthew's gospel. And it's called The Blessing of Jesus. Blessed are those who know their need, for theirs is the grace of heaven. Blessed are those who weep, for their tears will be wiped away. Blessed are the humble, for they are close to the sacred earth. Blessed are those who hunger for earth's oneness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the forgiving, for they are free. Blessed are the clear in heart, for they are the living presence. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are born of God. And now, perhaps some similarly well-known words from the Chinese writer Lao Tse author of the Tao Te Ching. And I'm going to read this both forwards and backwards because to me it makes sense that way. See what you think. So it's called Peace by Lao Tse. If there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace in the nations. If there is to be peace in the nations, there is to be peace in the cities. If there is to be peace in the cities, there must be peace between neighbours. And if there is peace between neighbours, then there must be peace in the home. And if there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. And now reading is the opposite way round. I think it makes complete sense. There must be peace in the heart if there is to be peace in the home. There must be peace in the home if there is to be peace among neighbours. If there is to be peace among neighbours, there must be peace. There will be peace in the cities. There must be peace in the cities if there is to be peace in the nations. There must be peace in the nations if there is to be peace in the world. Thank you. Thank you for that, Juliet. And I, I'd never read that the other way around. It does work, as you say. So we're moving now towards the meditative part of our gathering. Um, we'll have some words to lead us into stillness and there'll be a video um, of our chalice flame for you to focus on if you find that helpful. And then after two minutes of silence, you'll hear our pianist, Peter Crockford, playing two Chopin preludes for us. He chose them, he said, as lament, a lament for the innocent victims of war. But as always, please feel free to think your own thoughts and meditate in your own way my words are just simply suggestions but I do suggest that 
we get ourselves into a comfortable position now. Maybe um, turn off your camera if that helps you. Enjoy that feeling of resting where you are sitting or lying. Um, you might like to sense the, the earth beneath you. Slip your shoes off if you like, or, or put your feet up, whatever feels right for you. Maybe have a little stretch and if it feels right, straighten your back gently and maybe lift your shoulders up and roll them back and down, helping to release any tension that we might be aware of or not aware of. And with eyes opened or closed and facial muscles eased and relaxed, softening our foreheads and the muscles of your head and neck, let's take a breath in, one of those lovely conscious breaths. Maybe imagine breathing into a peaceful place within our very being. And as we enter the fellowship of silence together, we might imagine all the silences that will be held today on Remembrance Sunday here in Britain at 11 a.m. The memorial days that happen on different dates around the world Let's know ourselves to be part of all of that remembering. Let's enter a quiet time together now with our chalice flame, which will end with those Chopin piano preludes.
So um, on Remembrance Sunday, um, as usual, there will be a Unitarian representative at the Cenotaph here in London, where wreaths are going to be laid in honour. And they'll also be a member of our congregation taking part in the Armed Services Parade. Some of you will know Ian Entwistle, um, who is a Chelsea pensioner. I uh, spoke to Ian earlier this week and he's helped me write this address. So let's have a look at a photo of Ian and some of his companions. This, uh, this photo is taken by Rami Hayun, who is creating a very moving photographic record on his blog of soldiers who fought in the Korean War. It's sometimes described as the hidden war, yet um, some 1000 British soldiers died with much higher casualties amongst the American and Korean forces. Let's pause a moment and look at this group. They're all aged now around 90. You might just spot Ian if you know him. He's standing on the back row, second from the right. And he told me that he was just 19 when he went to war in Korea, the last war in which trenches were dug. And he still remembers his 19 year old sense of adventure when he was setting off for war. He still remembers his friends who died, who didn't come home. And he told me that in his view, those who have fought in wars and lived to tell the tale are some of the most anti-war people you will ever meet because they all know the suffering, the noise, the stench of battle, the terror of it, and ultimately the sense of futility. So thank you, Ian, for, for sharing your thoughts and that photo and for talking to me this week. Ian also told me that for most of his time in the army, they were involved with peacekeeping activities he explained how they were trained to take on any project and how worthwhile it felt to have engineers able to bring help in times of disaster, rebuilding bridges uh, destroyed by floods, clearing the debris, marshalling resources and feeding the hungry. We need peacemakers in our world, don't we? And we need peacekeepers, as somebody said earlier on. Peace doesn't just happen, it has to be worked at. Now, as Unitarians, we do not have one message to proclaim on a day such as Remembrance Sunday. Some of us are pacifists and view war as a crime, if you like, against our very humanity. Some of us may consider war a sometimes terrible necessity. And our lives, just like the lives of all other human beings, our lives have been touched by war in different ways because war is an uncomfortable reality for us all. Our experiences have varied widely, but we share a concern, I'd say, for what human beings can do when we view the world from only one perspective. So our service today has a theme of blessed other peacemakers, and yet we, we know that peace, like war, 
is complex, multi-layered and often far from straightforward. The kind of peacemaking I've been considering all week is far from a, I don't know how you describe it, a wishy-washy kind of, oh, let's roll over and hope they tickle our tummies kind of peacemaking. It's not appeasement and it's not abasement. It requires us to stand and face one another as equals as equals and and dare to make those first steps towards greater understanding of one another's lives. Earlier on, Juliet read for us a modern reworking of Jesus's Beatitudes with the, the line, blessed are the peacemakers for they are born of God. Its original wording is blessed are the peacemakers for they are the children of God. And if theist language doesn't work for you, well, don't be put off by God in these statements. We might replace it with one source, with a a sense perhaps of all the physical elements that all life shares. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are born of one source. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are born of one source. Blessed are the peacemakers, they know they are born of one source. Only understanding by what it means to be one humanity can we move, I think, towards peaceful coexistence as a species. Yeah, as individual citizens, we may, of course, blame our politicians or the generals or the terrorists for the violence that they seem to lead us into. And for sure, they have their part to play but we must share that responsibility. I believe that only by owning our own warlike natures can we start the great turning towards peace. This can begin at the simplest levels of our everyday lives by examining our prejudices, our judging natures, our irritations, and yes, our rage. Not to suppress these feelings in any way, the opposite actually, to own them to own them, to acknowledge them, and to then find healthier ways to work through them in this world with other people. We need to become experts in examining our othering, a strange yet important word that describes our human propensity towards having us and them, recognizing our own tribe, whatever that tribe may be, as a safe place where people are like us and the others, out there, somewhat different, apart, bewildering, or even frightening. How then should we better get to know the other? Well, perhaps firstly by naming them, if only to ourselves. Who are the groups that we dislike, fear, or disapprove of, or simply keep our distance from? and then finding a real live human being that we might tentatively reach out to or listen to through their speaking or their writing. Let's keep encouraging one another to reawaken our curiosity. That being curious about those who are different from us and using using that age old mantra of when faced with something or someone we find challenging, this too is me. This too is me. Let's encounter the other with a heart that can acknowledge. This too is me, for we are born of one source. 
And on this Remembrance Sunday, let's, let's truly honour all those who've died that we might live. And let's honour all those who quietly go about the process of peacemaking in their own lives and in the life of the world. Amen. And uh, we're going to sing our, our second hymn today now. It's uh, a, song of, a song of peace, sung to Sibelius's tune Finlandia from his Karelia suite. Sibelius, whose music is credited with inspiring the movement for Finnish independence. And his words always move me, this hymn. They remind us of that which transcends nationhood. We are so much more than the tribes to which we are assigned by birth. Time for our announcements now. Um, there's a few more than usual. Um, really big thanks to uh, John Davis and John Humphreys for all the um, background work of hosting. I tell you, it's a lot easier to, uh, to actually lead the service than it is to do the hosting on Zoom. Um, thank you to Peter Crockford for our piano music, really beautifully played. And Juliet, thank you for our reading today. That, that really touched me. Don't forget, everybody, that we'll have our virtual coffee time after the service uh, to chat together if you'd like. I think we'll stay together as a whole group because I know some people want to uh, 
uh, go off to do the 11 o'clock uh, silence. Um, and if that's not your thing, please do get in touch via email if you'd like to. We'll be back here on Zoom again at 10 a.m. next uh, Sunday when Jane Blackall will be leading our service and we'll have visitors from the Brighton Unitarian Congregation. Feel free to share the service link with your friends. As ever, there are a number of opportunities to connect congregationally in the week ahead. The 10.30 Tuesday coffee morning, always great conversation. Newcomers are welcome to join that. We have our heart and soul contemplative spiritual gatherings. And this week's theme is strangeness. Isn't that a great title? That sense of mystery that exists for us, even with those we know well. That's tonight, Sunday or Friday at 7 p.m. with Jane on Zoom or other leaders hold heart and soul sessions at other times. And if you've not been before, it's never too late to start. Some in-person events coming up in a couple of weeks. There'll be another Getting to Know You Walk. That's at 2 p.m. on Sunday, the 21st of November. It's organised by Carolyn Appleby. It's going to be in Kensington Gardens. Um, get in touch with us if you want more details. Carolyn's a hardy soul, so it's a whatever the weather walk. So bring your umbrellas. Um, and uh, do make a note in your diaries that on the 21st of December, uh, that's a Tuesday, the West London Green Spirit Group are inviting everybody to join them for their winter solstice celebration in the church at Notting Hill, 1.30 to 3.30. But we do need you to book for that. And looking further ahead, we're looking for people to join in the virtual choir singing Christmas carols. Um, it's really good fun doing this. And uh, although it needs a bit of technical work, it is actually manageable. Even I can do it. So there are instructions that can be sent out. So do have a think, because uh, Jane and Marilisa are going to be getting the guide recordings together soon. And we can have individual coaching if we want. It's a more the merrier, so email Jane about that. Um, keep in touch with people. This community has a life uh, way beyond just these Sunday services. So thank you to everybody who is keeping in touch with other people. Um, and we, we are uh, moving towards our hybrid services where people can join in with Zoom or be with us in the church in Kensington. So thank you for your patience with that. The technology is coming along, but it is quite a task. Um, we've got our closing words now. They're a bit longer than usual. There's music to follow. When Peter will play a wartime classic, we'll meet again. So uh, you might want to select gallery view now, if you can, so that we can get a sense of one another in community as we close. And our closing, our closing blessing starts with some words taken from a poem by uh, Denise Levitoff called Making Peace. In her poem, Making Peace, Denise Levitoff tells us, a voice from the dark called out. The poets must give us imagination of peace to oust the intense, familiar imagination of disaster. Peace, not only the absence of war, but peace like a poem is not there ahead of itself, can't be imagined before it is made, can't be known except in the words of its making. Levitoff goes on to remind us of our part in the making of peace. A line of peace might appear 
if we restructured the sentence our lives are making, revoked its reaffirmation of profit and power, questioned our needs, allowed long pauses. So may each of us in the week that lies ahead, may we allow some long pauses in our habitual ways of being that peace might find a welcome in our lives and radiate out into a world so yearning for curiosity and compassion alongside our love. Amen. Go well, everyone, and blessed be.